Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. It's draft week. Woohoo! We're excited. Number one, to have it out of the way so we can talk about the players they actually get. Um, I don't know about the people listening as much. I know a lot of a lot of our uh, CSR readers like to uh, do the whole mocking of people and projections to who the people are really i i enjoy looking at the guys like taking an actual look at them once they're here just because there's so many people the panthers could take in the draft that like i could spend you know an afternoon studying film on one guy and uh then he goes to the you know washington or something so yeah um, so yeah this is our this is our draft week edition uh draft is in a few days we'll be we'll have a show for you the night of uh, round one to cover who the Panthers drafted, depending on it could be the eighth pick could be later. Um, Brad, how are you doing? I am doing well. I am nervously excited about the draft. Uh, I, I'm like you though. I want it to be over because it is a lot of work. And, yeah. and I'm also like you, I like doing mock drafts to an extent, like I like going on, I think it's pro football network is the draft simulator I've been using. I like to do that because it's fun and you can like, it's like picking lottery numbers or whatever, but I don't like doing a lot of guessing and a lot of film study and a lot of what ifs because it's a crap shoot. There's, we might pick number eight. We might pick number four, we might pick 23rd. Like we have no idea until it happens. And I'm like you, I would rather talk about the guys after we pick them. You know, yes. I would rather, I would rather talk about next week. These are our picks. These are the six or seven or five or two, whatever it is. These are the guys we drafted. This is how they fit on the roster. This is what I think they're going to do. This is what they did. You know, let's discuss that. I I would much rather do that than speculate. Oh well, we're going to take a quarterback. No, we're going to take a tackle. No, we're going to take a wide receiver. I I just don't find as much joy in doing that as I do talking about when they're actually on the team. Speaking of that, um, that kind of segues into a point I wanted to make. So I'll just go ahead and get right into it. Damn, is it nice to not really fucking know what Carolina is going to do this year? Oh man, um, it is so nice. Like, obviously, a couple of years ago when Carolina drafted Brian Burns, like I pretty much like foreshadowed that was going to happen if he was there. Like I, I was banging the table for Brian Burns. It happened. Like I was excited. I ruined it on air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was uh, that was not a great time. Um, DJ Moore was one where like we all kind of knew that was probably going to be the pick. Um, Christian McCaffrey was one where he was hotly debated as probably being the pick. Um, I know there was other, I, we were talking about guys like Leonard Fournette as well. Um, where like this year, I really have no idea what they're going to do. Like after they traded for Sam Darnold, the way Scott Fitterer has been addressing the media, like, you know, when they came and asked him, like, are there any quarterbacks that fit your system better than others? All he said was yes. 
and that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Carolina hasn't picked up Sam Darnold's fifth year option. So we have no idea if they're going to do that or not. It sounds like they're going to do that based on whatever happens in the draft. Um, there's a lot of different players that could be Carolina's pick. Supposedly they have 16 on their draft board as guys. They would be happy to pay, take it eight. So that's usually that's probably that's them low key being like, yeah, we're happy to trade down or maybe high key. Um, yeah, that that's basically they they all but said, please offer us a trade. We want to move down. Right. And uh even if they don't, I mean, based on the way the draft falls, because theoretically we could see five quarterbacks go before Carolina picks. So it's like it's just nice. There's a uh, it's it's gonna be uh, like I'm actually gonna be watching and like not really knowing what to expect. And even when Carolina picks, we even if five quarterbacks go above them, I still won't know what the heck they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, there's a million different things that can happen, and I think I think the worst-case scenario is going to be that, like you just pointed out, that five quarterbacks go in the top eight or top seven because who's left? Like, are the two tackles gone before eight? Is it a wide receiver and a tackle? Is it two wide receivers? Is it is Kyle Pitts going to be available at eight? Like, I, there are so many scenarios, and I really hope that we come out of this with a superstar player. Like, I don't even care what position the player plays. Like, I for the first time, like you said. I don't know what we're going to do. And I like that. I, we don't have to do anything like this team has addressed all of their needs and free agency to the point where we can pick whoever we want. Essentially we're not locked in at quarterback. We're not locked in at wide receiver. We should probably take an offensive tackle, but if, if Kyle Pitts is there at eight, we would be fools not to take him and upgrade that position. If Justin Fields is there at eight, we would be fools not to take him and and give Sam Darnold some competition or roll with Sam Darnold in 2021 and then trade um, and then let Sam Darnold go. Like don't pick up that fifth year option or pick it up and then trade him. Like, you know, there are many different things that, that we have in front of us that we can choose from and it's refreshing. Like we don't have to pick this guy because we don't have anybody at his position, for example. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm honestly hoping that we trade down. Like that's my number one hope is that, that somebody comes in and they want to jump ahead of Denver at nine for Trey Lance, for example. And we're able to trade from eight down to, 12, 13, that range, and still get a superstar player. Right. Carolina has positions that definitely could be upgraded. Um, and I, I still think that they need to draft a corner, at least with one of their top three picks, maybe. If they trade back, I think that they will end up grabbing a corner because the one thing that's been being said about this draft a lot is that it's a deep tackle class. So they could theoretically grab somebody in the second round and be okay. Obviously we still don't know. Greg Little's still kind of a bit of an unknown because that he can't stay healthy. They draft, they did sign 
Cam Irving who can who can play left tackle. I think that the that it would be worst case scenario if he does, but you know. Um Yeah, I don't think it would be worse than Michael Schofield last year. But yeah, yeah if Cam Irving is playing left tackle, we went we went wrong somewhere. Right. Yeah, so Carol, if Carolina is able to trade back, like as as I've said many times in the Slack chat, but I don't know if I've shared it on this podcast yet, I'm really hoping that they trade back and they get managed to nab Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn, J.C. Horn being the guy I prefer the most, because I think that he and uh, Dante Jackson as the two starting corners with how aggressive they are will be really good for this defense. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we would be that team that we would either shut down the the wide receivers or give up 70-yard touchdowns on every play because <laughs> they are both so aggressive. But I do think that trading back to between 12 and 15 and still picking up J.C. Horn, I think that would be a win, uh, especially well, – it also depends on the compensation. But if we just pick up an extra second-round pick, like to me that that's a win. Because this is a very deep tackle class, like you said. Um, we could get somebody like Brady Christensen from BYU in the second or third round. And shout, still out to, to, shout out to Mick Smiley. <laughs> shout out to Mick Smiley, our fellow BYU homer. But I think that – I think we should we should take a best player available approach. Like, I don't think we should – like. I don't think we should ignore anyone in this draft in the first round. No, even the quarterbacks. Even the um, quarterbacks. I know we we spent a decent amount of trade capital to get Sam Darnold, but if Justin Fields is there at eight and they don't take him, they're going to regret it. Yeah, and one of the things that people, I think, that's being glossed over is the fact that if Carolina traded up to take a quarterback, they'd probably have given up more than they did to acquire Sam Darnold and then draft a quarterback at eight. Yes, absolutely. They they yeah. basically bought Sam Darnold at a discount price. And because there's no way that we couldn't have traded like San Francisco did to move up to three. That that was way more expensive than what we gave up to get Sam Darnold. And not only that, but Sam hold on one second. Not only that, but um Sam San Francisco, as far as their roster is concerned, could afford to make that trade. Carolina really can't. Like they, yeah, we can't, like, we can't afford for him to be a bust. Not only that, but like the roster, the roster. While they they definitely addressed everything in free agency, whether it was tackle, interior O line, defensive line, corner, they didn't really address safety. Which you know, as 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 if anyone listening to the show pisses me off. I've been wanting them to draft a safety for many, many years now. Um, it is the second dairy, not the first dairy. Right. That is true. It is the first. It is not the first dairy. But um, if Carolina gave up all that draft capital, they wouldn't be able to address those positions, at least whether it would be this draft or next draft. And they're not they're not as uh, talent infused as the San Francisco 49ers are. So. Yeah, the, the 49ers, basically, they just need a quarterback. Like, that's all they need. We're not in that boat. And they, they can even be successful if they have to stick with Jimmy G. I mean, they're they're going to get a quarterback, so it doesn't really matter yeah. at this point. But, like, their roster was good enough to make it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G at quarterback. So it's not like they – they, it's not like they they are in desperate need of that of those second round picks 
and those mid round picks where they can fill in some depth. Like they have, they have good players. So yeah, we, we, we tend to forget the reason they were bad last year is because like 75% of their starting roster was hurt. Yep. So it's not, it's not a bad team. It was an injury riddled team. So yeah, I mean, they're probably going to take Mac Jones at number three and turn him into Tom Brady, which sucks, but that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, the one team that scares me the most, uh, and I hope Gina and DW, our friends of the program, aren't listening to this. Cover your ears if you are. Uh, the one team that scares me more than anybody is the Falcons at number four because they can do literally anything they want. Yeah, they're going to get, if they get a team like Washington or New England to trade up. They're going to get a boatload of draft picks. For they're either, yeah, they're either going to get a boatload of draft picks and trade down, or they're going to take the best non-quarterback prospect, or they can take the fourth best quarterback, or their third best quarterback if they don't rate Mac Jones that highly. They could get Justin Fields. Uh, they could get Trey Lance. They could get Kyle Pitts. They could get Panay Sewell. They could get... Uh, Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith, or I mean, there are hundreds of options for them. I don't like it; it makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, so, you know that that worries me. But I mean, like we've said, we have a lot of options too, and picking at eight in this talent stack draft isn't terrible. I mean, granted, we could have been picking third. If we could have found a way to let the fighting Rons beat us in week 15 or whatever it was last year. But uh, for those of you who are still mad about that, there was absolutely no way we could have lost that game unless we like intentionally, blatantly tanked. Like Eagles in week eight or week 17 tanked because Dwayne Haskins was that bad. And the Eagles head coach got himself fired doing that. So, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is as our old buddy, John Fox used to say. And I mean, Hey, the last time we picked eighth, we got Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, that worked out pretty decent. Yep. I think we got Luke Keekley seventh as well. So ninth. we're right in that sweet spot. Ninth. Yeah. So we Jordan were right in that Gross sweet spot. The number eight overall pick. Franchise altering talent. And the best part is if Carolina is content to sit with Sam Darnold for a year and see what he's got, then you get yourself top two, maybe third best non-quarterback talent. So yeah, I'm down. I'm very, yeah. See, that's what I'm, I'm torn. Like, because I think the work for me personally, the worst case scenario is that Justin Fields is sitting there at eight. Like he doesn't get picked in the top eight or top seven. Because that's the one guy I think we should absolutely pick of the four quarterbacks. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Zach Wilson's going number two. So they're off the table. You're looking at Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Of those three, uh, Justin Fields is the only one I would consider using the number eight pick on because of the Sam Darnold trade. If Justin Fields gets picked between four and seven, then it's an easy selection of either the best tackle left between Sewell and Slater, Kyle Pitts, or try to trade down and then get J.C. Horn 
and boost your secondary and then get a a tackle at in the second or and third round preferably we need two offensive tackles in this draft but you know build something around Sam Darnold give him Joe Brady for a year see what you got in him he may end up being good and we may end up stealing a franchise quarterback from the Jets like it would not be the first time that a team traded for a an, a broken Adam Gase quarterback and turned him into a winner. Look at Ryan Tannehill from the Titans and how they're building around him. They have Derrick Henry. Uh, they make things easier for him. He's actually a better quarterback now. We could see the same thing happen with Sam Darnold if we make this draft a priority to build something around him. And that's one option out of several. Yes. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm actually I usually don't care. I usually get okay excited about it on, on like draft day cuz I mean it's the draft, but I am legitimately excited and in a good way that I haven't been in a long time. And I think it's because of the, the there are so many options that it's fun to not be like, well, I guess we're going to take a quarterback or I guess we're going to take a linebacker or you know, and for the first time in years, I, the the options are limitless. Like we could take a linebacker, we could take Micah Parsons at number eight overall, and it would still be a good pick. There are so many things we could do. Yep, Carolina's not horrible, really, at any place aside from maybe the secondary. Um, and anybody they add, really, at any position, even wide receiver, would would have an impact. Devontae Smith would be deadly in Joe Brady's offense. Yes. Especially when he's got when he's got uh Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey around him as well. Yeah. That would, I mean that would be a problem. That that would be a problem. If we could get if we could get Devonta Smith and then get Brady Christensen or Christian Darasaw or one of these other linemen in the second round, I'm all for that. I'm I'm all for it. Um, you know, in the second round, we pick 39th. Uh, that's, I think, seventh. Uh, yep, seventh. 30th, yeah, seventh in the second round. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's prime for – we could trade up to 33. Like, you know, a lot of teams try to do that on, on day two because you know who's left. And uh, that those top seven, eight picks in the second round are valuable assets that we could use. And I don't know who's second round material. I don't know who will be there until we get there. But there are there's a deep tackle class. Uh, there's a deep um, wide receiver class. There's a moderately deep sa- uh, secondary corner and safety class. It's more um, the first two rounds in the secondary, and then you're pretty much just dealing with scraps. So. Like you said, you think we should get a corner. I think we should too. And if we're going to, it has to be before the end of the second round. Like, I don't think we can wait to the third round to get a corner. Yep. And I don't know if they're going to do it or not. I don't know how, I don't know how they view corners. Um, but you know, we, we need one, um, I don't think we need a safety as much because I think they're going to put Jeremy Chen back there. Yeah, for me, and it's we, just 
for me, it's mainly that they they still I believe they still intend to run like a three safety concept, and maybe that undrafted free agent from last year ends up getting a lot of playing time. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't have a problem with throwing a, a fourth round flyer on a safety, but I, I don't think it it's as much of a priority as corner. Like we need a shutdown corner opposite Deshaun Jackson, and then in play uh, Dante Jackson, I'm sorry, not Deshaun. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking about Deshaun Jackson, but anyway, <laughs> um, we need a shutdown corner opposite of Dante Jackson and in place of Dante Jackson, when he gets hurt, so, yeah. you know, AJ, cause he's going to get hurt. He gets hurt all the time. Yeah. AJ Boyer, once he returns from his two game suspension might be an okay starter, but he's one of those guys where he might be getting towards being over the hill. Um, the nice thing too is I think that there's a couple different guys in the that are projected to go in the mid rounds that are more like a hot like hybrid type players where they can play corner and safety and I think that that's something that Matt Rule and Phil Snow would be really licking their chops to do because they like that positional versatility. You get another yeah. guy like that in the secondary, you can you can move Jeremy Chin around a little bit more as well. So I would love yeah. them to move Jeremy Chin around like. Like the Eagles used to do this with Brian Dawkins, basically just turn him into a rover type guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Weapon X is what Brian Dawkins was called. I think that Jeremy Chin fits that mold well, and I, I would love to see that. I would love to have the depth back in the secondary to be able to do that. Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, one position I'm a little concerned about is punter. <laughs> Um, I don't think we brought back Joseph Charlton. I might be wrong about that. I look. think we did. Let's see here. I think he's still on the roster. All right, let's go look at these. Yep, he's still on the roster. Okay, I'm a little less concerned then. Yeah. The kicker is one they, they might want to look at too. I kind of think we should throw a sixth round. We've got a comp pick in the sixth round, number 222. Yeah. I think we should throw that at a kicker. There's... Try to find one. I mean, you know, you could play the UDFA game, but then you risk losing them. Right. And, you know, just draft him, make sure you got him. And I, I like Joey Sly. Don't get me wrong, but I think we can do better. Yeah, Joey Sly is just too inconsistent for me. It's like mm-hmm. – like as much as we hated on Graham Gano, I know he missed. He wasn't towards the end of his run here. He wasn't as consistent as he used to be. But man, like every time Joey Sly goes out there to kick, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, yeah, I kind of like it in on one degree, but on the other, it's not very good for for the coaching staff to not know what the hell's going to happen. Right. On one kick, he might drill a 55-yarder straight down the middle. The next, he misses an extra point, and he misses extra points all the time. Like, yes, he, he, yeah, he can nail a 50-plus-yarder like it's nobody's business, but he cannot hit an extra point. It is insane. Yeah. They dra- They signed this guy named Matt Amendola, spelled with two Ms. Um, yeah. But it doesn't look like he's actually played in the NFL. It looks yeah, like he's, he's, he's not trustworthy. He spells Amendola in the wrong way. Exactly. Can't trust people like that. Yeah. We've <laughs> signed and released and re-signed and re-released that I can't remember what nationality he is now. 
but her I can't even pronounce his name, but he's that kicker from like the CFL. Yeah. Laram or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why we keep doing that to the poor guy, but we've added him and taken him off the 90 man roster like three times in the last eight months. So <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be brought back for, for training camp or not, but you know, he's a potential option as well or not. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of kickers out there. You just got to find the right one, but maybe we'll get lucky and draft the, uh, what's his face? Chiefs kicker. Harrison Butker. Maybe we'll draft the next Harrison Butker and not get rid of him this time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah, um, that sixth round, I think, is potential to find some um, some diamonds in the rough. We have two picks. Uh, we have 193 and 222, like we've already said, that one, um, which is our comp pick, which is already going to be a Hall of Famer. So I don't think it matters, like, who we pick there. Yeah. Um, you know whatever if, if it's a corner it's the next Dion. if it's a linebacker it's the next luke keekley i mean if it's a kicker it's the next um adam vinatieri like you know it, it it's a guaranteed win but i mean those two picks i i hope we just throw darts at the board just whatever um you know we've got the third fourth and fifth rounders are all okay like we got 73 113 and 151 like they're spaced out well i like that about our draft we don't have like it like in years past we've had in the third round we've had like pick 70 and then pick 100 and then we don't pick again until like 207 or whatever yeah <laughs> like, i like the fact that we have a steady stream of picks so the board can be live and moving and we can wheel and deal and move up and down as we see fit to, to get the players that, that Matt rule wants. And, um, you know, I think the tackle class is deep enough that we should take a look at that in the third round and even potentially into the fourth round, because like we've said, I think a hundred times, probably more, we need offensive tackles. We have not had a franchise offensive tackle since um, Jordan Gross retired. Like Michael Orr was our best offensive tackle after Jordan Gross. And Taylor Moten Moten is good, but he's our right tackle. So we need – and he's only on the franchise tag. We may lose him to free agency. We may not be able to to keep him long-term. So we need to keep that in mind and and look at this deep class – and like I've been doing these mocks on PFN for I think I did eight of them, seven or eight of them. And every time I did it, there were still quality tackles in the in the fifth round, like every time. So and even if if you draft a tackle and he's not a left tackle in the NFL, just move him inside the guard. Like we need guards too. So I think we should throw as many darts at that dart board as we possibly can get away with. I would be okay coming out of this draft if of the seven picks we have, if five of them were offensive linemen, I would be happy. I would not complain at all. One little uh, detail that we haven't really touched on is what happens with Teddy Bridgewater because he might get moved during the draft. I think he's going to. 
Yeah. I think that if they're uh, going to trade him, they might as well trade him on draft day and take whatever they can get. Uh, you know, trade him to. There's a rumor going around that Denver wants to trade him, trade for him, where we swap picks with Denver and they take Teddy Bridgewater and either a third or fourth round pick gets swapped in the deal too. And we should just jump on whatever we can get, to be honest. Yeah, and I think it, part of it has to do with the, the fluidity of what's going to happen because there's at least three different teams that are looking at trading up. So if Bridge, if you know Carolina doesn't end up trading down, because theoretically Bridgewater could be involved in a trade down as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that if, say, hypothetically, let's say Washington or Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't think the Patriots would be the ones to be interested in him, but maybe. But like Denver's one, and then you know I'm sure there's other teams out there that might be interested. Like I know at one point the Buccaneers had been in on Teddy Bridgewater before they got Tom Brady, so it's like you know they could very easily flip him over to someone who has some interest because they didn't get the quarterbacks they they wanted. So I could see that happening draft night. Yeah, I mean, and there's value with a team jumping Denver. They pick right after us. So there's there's value in a team like the Patriots or Washington moving ahead of Denver, drafting Trey Lance, and then also having Teddy Bridgewater as the veteran guy. And we just move back in the draft to 15 or 19 if we traded with the Patriots or Washington. And... We no longer have Teddy Bridgewater. We have Sam Darnold. And then if we go to 15, we could probably get J.C. Horn at 15. I think he might still be there. If if not, we could get the best player on our board. And it would help us because it would eliminate the, well, what do we do with Teddy Bridgewater problem uh-huh. that we're going to have if we don't trade him. But if... I don't know if the Bucks come in and say, we'll give you a sixth rounder for Teddy Bridgewater, then trade him. Cause that just means we traded Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold. Basically. This year, yeah. Basically this year. And you know, cause next year there's plenty of time to get that second round pick back. Like we can get that pick back if we really want it. But you know, if we get a, if we get a sixth rounder, around where we would have been if we wouldn't have traded for Sam Darnold, then we basically traded Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold. And I think that's at least in worst case, a lateral move. Yeah. It also gets some of that cap space off the board for Bridgewater, which will be a factor going into next year when they got to figure out Moten, they got to figure out DJ Moore. They got to figure out if they want to re-sign Robbie Anderson. So yeah, there's a yeah. It gives us thirteen million dollars in space if we can trade him. Right. 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 So should be a fun draft. I think it'll be fun to watch all three round or all three nights. I guess the I guess Friday is or Saturday is during the day. Yeah. Um, Friday or Thursday night starts at eight p.m. Friday night starts at seven p.m. and then Saturday starts at noon. And Saturday yep. is the worst of the three days. Yeah. By far. Because it gets into they start basically playing chess and checkers on the broadcast. And you find out at like two thirty seven who we picked. 
and then you don't see a video package on it until three o'clock. Like, it, yeah, a lot it, of times there's a lot of times they don't even acknowledge who got picked. Yeah, so, they yeah. just they're just talking about what they did on vacation, and we, you know, it. But I mean, it is what it is. So you know, you don't really have to watch on Saturday. Uh, you can pay attention to CSR and to our daily recap. We will have a recap after the first round pick, like shortly thereafter. We will have a recap of day two and then a recap of day three. Because I'm yep. not doing seven podcast episodes. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, definitely My not. throat won't allow me to do that. Now we'll run out of things to talk about too because mm-hmm. a lot of the guys will get in the later part of the draft. A lot of us won't even know who they are. So Yeah, we're going we're yeah. to get at least one guy that we're all going to be like, who in the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, should be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, I I say I'm looking forward to it now. And I know on uh, Saturday afternoon at like four o'clock, I'm going to be like, God, I hate the draft so much. Yeah. Uh, that's usually when I run out of steam, like in the fifth round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when you're just like, God, can it be over already? And you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for Carolina's picks. Like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you Thursday night about the Panthers' first pick. Again, could be 8th, could be 15th, could be... Hard to say, so, but we'll definitely have some coverage for you right after it happens. This is Brian and Brad from the Keep Sounding podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy the draft. Later, guys.